This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 69 for Sunday, April 14th, 2019. Will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? Grayskull. Thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmacca. And I'm Josh Lioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. Guys, we're almost done with season one of She-Ra. Oh no, what are we going to do? <gasps> Oh, we're just going to have to listen to season two that debuts April 26th. Oh, that's not I thought I was the only one that listens to it. (laughs) Everyone else should be watching it. Well, I wanted you to feel included. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Less than two weeks, guys. Yeah. It barely seems any time since the first season. It was a short wait. Yes, that's appreciated. Very much. Very much appreciated. We saw uh, a teaser for season two. Yes, they posted a, a a trailer. I have to say that trailer to me was not as like epic as the... I feel like they didn't put as much time into that trailer as they did, you know, for season one, which I guess is understandable. Maybe I kind of just felt like, well, we already know what the show is. We know what the... Uh-huh. Like, the first trailer was all shrouded in mystery because we didn't really know what the show was going to be like in any way, shape, or form. So mm-hmm. this this one comes with our expectations already set. So I feel like it's it was... No matter what they did, it was probably not going to be anything that was too, you know, wowing, so to speak. That's, that's a good way. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. What wowed me more was the clips that they showed at um, WonderCon, which yes, though like spoiler alert, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, maybe we shouldn't really say what those were, but they're the one clip, and you guys know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing to see on my big screen TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we're gonna have some gems in that in this season too um and i guess this kind of does it kind of shows too that it is kind of following the same pattern as the voltron uh dreamworks voltron episode releases where they did the bigger season one and there's like kind of the smaller seasons in between and then there's like the bigger season five um to 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 complete the 52 episode run which is what we're supposedly supposed to get with the new she-ra so so how many episodes are in season two again? Uh, seven. Oh, man, I'm going to blow Aww. through that in no time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it was only seven. Yeah, it's like smaller seasons, like two, three, four, I think. Um, you know, so they get them out kind of like in a good pace um, That's good, to, to keep the people interested. Uh, so they don't yeah. go through the series as fast because, I mean, I was worried myself like the series is going to be over before Mattel <coughs> supposedly <laughs> puts some type of merchandising out for this show. Um, there is there uh, there was uh, solicitations for Halloween costumes for Shira and Katra uh, for the fall. What? So I'm I'm definitely hoping that that means we're going to actually be getting more things uh, maybe come the fall. 
Um, as we know, Mattel did not show anything at Toy Fair. Um, mm -hmm. I was so mad. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was so mad. And then I watched um, Pixel Dan did his, you know, reviews, like overall reviews. Mm -hmm. And for his, uh, it was the most disappointing things at Toy Fair. It was basically all Mattel. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it was basically just because, I mean, there wasn't much they didn't show much they showed nothing of she-ra i mean it was i don't know i was really mad it's very disappointing especially when this show already has such a huge following like why are you not jumping on that Come yeah on. I, I i do have to wonder if they had hesitations right on the show because it you know it right f it started getting all that good press before it launched and then at least your fandom internet, you know, your Twitter, your Tumblr, your Instagram people are all over this show, like as in they love it. So I think it definitely hit a chord with a with a good audience. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I continue yeah. to be floored to see people that I that I follow on Twitter that have no connection to Masters in any way, shape or form. I follow for other reasons talking about this show it's yeah it's really authors that i read uh a bunch of people i follow for because they're hockey people and i'm a big hockey fan and they they i follow them for their hockey stuff mostly and then they start tweeting about the new she show and i'm just like this is amazing what a huge swath of people they have you know brought in to to watch this show mm -hmm. that's what you get when you include you know diversity and all these people that can relate to a show, a lot of them want to watch it. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't like to when people, uh, they'll call you out for that, though, unfortunately. Right, Katie? They'll be like, oh, you're being social justice warrior. What do you think Shira was? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's called like, just like, hello, this it's the world of today. Like, there, there's, there's yeah. lots of different people. <laughs> and I feel like... Um, the people who complain the loudest about the show are just using it as an example of, or as an excuse to go after like this anti SJW, you mm -hmm. know, thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but they have like, like they never cared about Shiro. They're just yeah. using this as an excuse to like complain basically. Well, yeah. And I've noticed that with, with even, you know, your He-Man fan, right? Um, I'm not calling anyone out, so don't, you know, don't try to slap me, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying me. I have witnessed that, you know, there are He-Man fans that didn't like She-Ra back in the day anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and then they're upset that they don't like this She-Ra either. I, I, but, oh, uh, you know, it, it's it's mind boggling because I feel whatever they did with She-Ra, these certain groups of fans. Right. Wouldn't like it anyway. <laughs> yep. Like it could have been. And they don't been, have to, yeah. but they shouldn't be uh, surprised when they don't or complain yes, when they don't. Exactly. Right? It's like, it's like yeah, if they yeah. if they brought back new adventures, I'm probably not going to like it, and that's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and continue to bash it. It's like it'll be fine for those people that liked it and whatever. But yeah, it's I don't understand those people. Yeah, because it's like if they didn't like Shira to begin with. Um, I really don't feel that, you know, newer incarnations of the character that they didn't have an attachment to as a as a child is going to really rivet them as an adult. <laughs> and know? let me let me also just uh, 
point out that this this type of thing is by no means exclusive to the Masters fans oh, yeah, by no. any stretch because we've dealt with this for the last two years with Star Trek and the new Star Trek Discovery show, mm-hmm. which I love and is great. And the second season's even better than first season. It's really good, but it's really different. And it's set in the timeline before the original series. And you've got Star Trek fans complaining that, oh, the ship doesn't look like the one from the 60s. And you're just like... <laughs> Uh, thank God it doesn't look like the one that they could do with the special effects in 1966. What is wrong with you people? Yeah, it's it's interesting how we, I think, right, because when we're so obsessed with something, uh, obsessed for lack of a better term, because I don't think we're like crazy maniacs or anything, but it, when something is so close to you and you kind of feel that ownership, it, it's like you kind of got to separate yourself a little bit from that. Like, this doesn't ruin your childhood. You can mm-hmm. always go and watch the filmation things. Uh, unfortunately, at least for us, really the cartoon versions, if you will, and toy versions of He-Man and She-Ra, we're not the primary audience for. We're a wonderful secondary audience, absolutely. Um, and they want to tap that, but it's 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 not their primary focus. And and with the new team of She-Ra, it's obvious that they, their primary focus was not to just remake what was already done. Yes. They didn't want to do yeah. that. So and but they but they were faithful to what was already yes. done. Like they walked mm-hmm. that line really well with the show. Like I would have preferred something a little a little bit different, but I love this show because they they respected the source material and yes. even even while doing their own thing in and certain respects. If people and I'm talking He Man and Shira fans that don't like the new series, I feel like they haven't even given it a chance because going back to uh we mentioned the WonderCon clip earlier, but we didn't say what it what it was. Yes. There, and I'm still not going to say what it was, but I you'll understand when season two comes out. Um, I've seen a lot of comments on that clip from longtime, you know, He-Man fans, He-Man and she fans that are like, oh, my gosh, if the show was like this, I would be all about it. Right. And I'm talking about a visual aspect. OK, a visual yeah. aspect of the show. And to me, that is just complete and other nonsense. Please, you know, again, I'm not I'm not trying to call anyone out and I'm not I'm not making fun of anyone. I'm just saying to me, that's nonsense, because that means to tell me you are not paying attention to the actual story that is being created with this new show. You are just looking at the new show, uh, you know, as just like kind of like a uh, you're looking at a piece of paper and you're not delving in to the details. Yeah. Because. You're just letting the look maybe of the show d- detach yourself and you're not seeing the the fantastic story that they are building with this. And a great example of the other other side of that, right? Both my mom and my sister went into this show, who you know, both loved the, the filmation cartoons, both the mm-hmm. filmation cartoons. Both went into the show after I had said they, they were iffy when they saw like the trailer and stuff initially. And then I watched the show. And I said, no, 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 this is really good. You guys watch it. Trust me, watch it. And they were turned off primarily by the visual design uh, initially. Mm-hmm. Both of them ended up watching the show and loving it. So, um, you know, even if the, the visual aspect is not to your, to your taste, um, there's more there than just just the way it was drawn. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, maybe keep it to yourself because you're not going to change anybody's mind who actually likes it. Like, we're not going to read your comment and go, oh, you're right. I should hate this show. I'm never going to watch it again. (laughs) 
<laughs> not going to happen. So why bring the negativity? Just allow the people who like it to like it. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Simple as that. There's no need for there to be fights or people, you know, getting irate at each other about it. Just like what you like and don't, you know, it's already a season in. At this point, they're not going to change it to suit what you want. <laughs> so don't like just stop saying, oh, I wish they would do this and that and the other. And they're not listening to you. They're doing their own thing. This is what we have. Either take it or leave it. That's where I'm kind of at at this point. And I'm just tired of yeah. seeing people still being negative. And this show, if you're not paying attention to social media, like not just Facebook, but Twitter, Instagram, is very popular. Maybe not as popular with our age group as with like millennials and a little bit younger, but it's very popular. And that's for a reason. So if you think it's this SJW thing, whatever, um, clearly that's a minority of people because the majority seem to be enjoying it. Otherwise it would get no traction. People would not be dressing up like these characters and loving them and identifying with them and wanting it to continue. And I just, I saw a tweet, like, not regarding Shiri, it was something else entirely, but, and I wish I had the tweet in front of me to actually read it because they said it better, better than I am, but it was basically that sentiment of, even though you may not like it, it's popular. So clearly a lot of people do. And well, yeah, that's I, how I society hate... is now and you, yeah. you got to get with the times. <laughs> well, and that's too, right? It's that whole mentality of you have, we've discussed this, we've said this before, I think in like podcasts of years past, like you have like these people that hate anything that's popular, right? Yeah. But what they don't understand is they're, they're, they're doing the same thing as the popular people. Like, like I'm because of like when I was in high school, right? I I I wore trendy clothes, right? Mm -hmm. And I listened to trendy music. So there was that group of people. Then there was the group of people that were like, oh, you know, I can't stand these people in their freaking Tommy Hilfiger jeans, right? <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna wear this, okay? But that group of people was all wearing their that same style. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's. It's they feel that one often feels that they are better than the other because they're not doing what the trend is. But what they don't realize is they're just following the opposite trend. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's so like a different either, trend. It's just a different <laughs> trend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like, oh, do you like Tiffany or Debbie Gibson? I don't know. You know, it's, <laughs> it's one or the other. So I think that that's the thing. And I think, unfortunately, with with a lot of classic fans um, that don't enjoy the new She-Ra, they feel left out. And I can understand that, too. Um, you know, feeling left out of something that you really loved. You know, you look at the new one and you're like, ah, I can't stand these designs and da 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I can I can sympathize that you're not enjoying it. But like maybe watch it with without looking at it and just listen to it like Lion Court does. And maybe you'll enjoy the story as an audio adventure because we all had those kid stuff tapes. You know, there you go. As kids, you go. and you know, so why don't you turn just on audio description in your Netflix yeah. app and listen to it? <laughs> That's a great idea. I, I, I like it. it. I like it. <laughs> well, okay, that was our parental reprimand section <laughs> of the podcast. So, should we talk about episodes twelve and thirteen? Yes, I'm excited because I didn't realize that episode 12, that's one of my favorites of the entire series. I've it watched this episode scary. many times, many times. And the episode is called Light Hope. 
Although so, I think it should be retitled as Exposition City because there is so much exposition in this episode, which I love. No, like I love that too. Some people get irritated when there's so much explanation going on, but I love that. I want all of the details, all of the backstory. That's my jam. So I was making <laughs> note. Like I literally had to keep pausing it and like typing out what she was saying because <laughs> it was such like important information that I wanted to make sure I got it all right. And yeah, it's, it's so good. Before we delve good. before we delve into the information aspect of this episode, I wanted, I wanted to mention, so I hadn't seen episode 12 light hope since we first watched the season back in November. I had not rewatched this episode. When back in November, when I saw this episode, uh, and I think I mentioned it in our season review thing at the, at the beginning, um, of all these discussions, I was so appalled by what they had done to Swift Wind. <laughs> that <laughs> I was completely, um, I think I, I completely, uh, it completely ruined this episode for me initially. So rewatching it, the thing that struck me and I ended up having a very markedly different reaction to this episode was there really isn't all that much Swiftwind in this episode. Like, he, yeah. he hadn't been in really hardly in the season at all up until this point. So it, initially, it felt like a lot. But when you really watch it, he's only part of this episode for a fraction of the the time. And if you can ignore Swiftwind, everything else about this episode is awesome. Hey, some of us like Swiftwind, FYI. I, I don't like what they did with Swiftwind. I'm so, that that is my the biggest black mark on this series. I love this, almost every other aspect of this series, but I really do not like how they've characterized Swiftwind. So, so if but, you're like Josh, yes, ignore the Swifty part. Ignore he has the Swiftwind part. Lines, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's not it. funny. He absolutely is funny. I just don't like that, that, that rep representation of this particular character. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't work for me. And it's really funny too, because like the, the opening sequence is great. And then you come back from the song and it's like, oh, there's Swiftwind and it's ruining everything. <laughs> <laughs> see, like, see uh, I thought you were going to say that rewatching this made you like Swiftwind. I was hoping for no, that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. But can we just say the opening sequence to this is hilarious or not sequence, but you know, the, uh, the, the teaser scene before the, before this theme song comes on. With Adora talking to Light Hope, and then Light, uh, and she's like, oh, you, "I've been watching you from afar. That's kind of creepy." And then, <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, you don't like this form? I'll change." And she turns into like the little child, like, "That's worse." Yeah. Yes. It's like, "Oh my well, god!" I love too when she was that, like, "Creepy." Ah, yes, I have that been is, called that before. <laughs> yes. that is. That has to be for me personally. That has to be the single funniest scene in the entire season. Like I. <laughs> I loved every minute of that. It's, it's funny, funny. It's not like cute, funny or ridiculous, funny. It's just funny, funny. I love that scene with them so much. It's so great. And the the delivery, I always forget her name of the, the actress playing uh, Adora. Uh, what's her name? Amy. What is it? Amy. Okay. Well, her delivery of those lines about Light Hope being creepy and everything makes it so perfect it's so great it's so good yeah and you know there's some interesting very short exposition there even um like hope says i have been waiting for you since you were an infant but i could not reach you and i could not protect you from the horde 
So that part is also interesting. Like, oh, dang. Like, she was marked for greatness when she was a baby. Um, in, even in this series, this ooh, version ooh. of She-Ra. Yeah, and, and that made me... Th- oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, uh, another thing that's interesting in here, because we were talking about them walking that line earlier between the respecting the old and doing the new. So Light, Light Hope is one of the most dramatically different characters in this series, I think. Mm-hmm. Playing the same role, but uh, they she's female. She's a hologram, I guess, like yeah. a, some sort of computer-generated thing. But the thing is that I, I think is nice is they they actually presented this at the beginning of this episode uh, in particular in a way that um, I think works well if you if you want to try to some degree have this canon mesh with the original because she specifically calls out that she's been programmed to that she can show herself in all these different kinds of forms. So who's to say that the way that we saw Light Hope in the original series isn't just another form that she can take? Because we don't we know Ooh. so little about Light Hope from the original series. What mm-hmm. he could have just as easily men, um, you know, projected by a computer for all we know. We don't know know anything really about where he came from and his origin story particularly. Yeah, um, and they could the, I'm sure change the voice, like. Right, when exactly. It turns into a little kid, doesn't it sound like a kid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it like could be male or female. It, or yeah, whatever. right. Like so, you could totally, uh, you know, what they call uh, retrocon, right? Like you could totally retrocon this into something really close to the original canon and have it still more or less work. So I, I like that they've they've got that flexibility with with the way they're presenting Light Hope. That if you like the original, this does not replace the original necessarily you can just be like oh this is just light home in a different form and it's fine mm-hmm. and, and there's no starts... need to do that except to make the the fans happy like yeah. that's the thing right like they didn't need that doesn't need to be a thing that's true so thanks creators we appreciate it <laughs> and when she like starts melting almost like the last time yeah. she starts changing her form and adora's like no gross stop. <laughs> her whole face is just melting into this gross blob i don't know it's really really funny what i was going to mention earlier is when katie said you said something about um light hope saying you know uh from an infant right so she knew from an infant that adora was the next shira Mm -hmm. um so that made me think i was like okay so like when did the horde crash so like we're we're kind of like we are still unsure right if the horde was on Etheria before or after someone that we'll talk about uh, trapped Etheria in Despondos. Correct? Am I correct in that? Like, we don't know when... I think you're correct. I'm not sure, because there's that episode when Mara talks... Or, not Mara, oops. um, Madam Raz (laughs) uh, talks about the stars going away. Mm-hmm. And and things. So I'm a little fuzzy on the on the timeline uh, on that. But like, I'm wondering if so. Does Light Hope know that Adora is the next Shira because she is part of the same line, like you know, lineage of of or ancestor of people from, let's say, Eternia, and then she was brought here by the Horde. Like, what if the Horde was in Eternia? Hordak stole or whomever stole Adora and was about to take Adam too, but man at arms entered the nursery (laughs) and then, and then they, they go off and get trapped 
or something in Despondos, right? And with Adora. So Light Hope is like, whoa, Turnian, she gets to be She-Ra. And then the reason we don't have He-Man or, you know, her family can't find her at this point because Etheria was trapped in Despondos. I'm available to write for future episodes if you don't have all 52. <laughs> Me <completed>. too. <laughs> we'll anyway, just take over the show running. Yeah, that is what that's just what popped into my mind when rewatching this episode today. Um, even though I've seen the episode, I've watched this one at least I think 12 times. Wow. It's one of my favorites. I like you were mentioning Katie. I love the back and forth of of when Light Hope slash Entrapta is explaining things, when Light Hope yeah. is explaining yeah. to Adora That's so well done. the history so well of yeah, Shira versus Entrapta kind of explaining to us how Etheria works. Mm-hmm. I love it. So good. Props to Josie Campbell who wrote this episode. She's written a lot of good ones. Um just saying. I like it when her name pops up. Yeah, we should, we should probably, like, mention every time we talk about an episode who wrote it. I don't think we've really been doing that, and I feel bad now. <laughs> but, yeah, so they really get a, the got a hold of this. Um, yes. So, like, should we delve into then? Because the, 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 the elephant in the room is I don't mind that there were prior Shiras, like I mind <laughs> King Grayskull. <laughs> I don't remember if we discussed this in the earlier episode, but I'll give we, you a I, quick summary. I think summary. we touched on it, and yeah. then we were like, we're going to save this for later when, when okay. there's more. So the, I think. let me just get this out, and I'll shut up about it. <laughs> so here's why I don't have a problem with there being multiple Shiras versus why I have a problem of there being King Grayskull, right? So in the 2002 Mike Young show, we find out Adam was basically not the first He-Man. There was this King Grayskull from back in the day who basically looks like He-Man. And, you know, he kind of just had the power from within. um, And he had the sword and all that, whatever. So why I don't like that is, is that story of King Grayskull, his origin, it wasn't very fleshed out for me, for one thing. It was kind of like he was there to serve a purpose for the episode of the Oracle kind of telling the history there of, of Castle Grayskull. And I I didn't feel a connection to how they explained that. Plus, we have a character named Hero, which I thought would have been fantastic to use in that episode. Yep. Whereas they could have had Hero, maybe his staff became the first sword, which then splits into two, and then Hero's jewel maybe comes up and slams into the Sword of Protection, and they could have hidden that away, lovely red herring for us or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, fans. That's what I would have done in that episode. Now, maybe they weren't allowed to use Hero. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) But they did King Grayskull. That was kind of their thing. Okay. Why I like the, the previous Shira's is kind of how they actually wrote and explained everything. Um, Just the way they kind of fleshed out the function of She-Ra in this show, which is Etheria's champion. She keeps the elements in balance of the planet, you know, blah, blah, blah. It it made sense, more sense to me. as to why there were multiple ones, I actually like the fact that the previous Shira 
did something bad. She was the catalyst of trapping Etheria into Spondos, right? So s- lots of bad things happened since this She-Ra. And then Adora is the first one in a thousand years. And I love in this episode, it's either in this one or in, in the next episode when she gives the speech about, or maybe it was when she was talking to Swiftwind when she's like, I'm not Mara. You know, I mm-hmm. want to protect yeah, my friends. Yeah, yeah, she's talking to Swiftwind. Just the... the eloquence of the way she explained what Shira means to her. There wasn't really any of that in the Power of Grayskull episode of the Mike Young show. It was kind of just like, you know, King Grayskull, he defeated Hordak. Yay. And you know, I really didn't like that he defeated Hordak, so that was probably <laughs> also why I didn't like him. But I, in summary, this was fleshed out more. I understand it. I'm actually interested See, I'm actually interested in what did Mara do? How did Mara become She-Ra? Is Mara related to Adora? See, I have all of these questions, whereas I didn't really have the questions for King Grayskull. And and to Mike Young's defense, they didn't have the luxury to maybe explain King Grayskull better for me, right? Mm -hmm. The show was over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... You know, the, the, we have a lot more here that we can we can build on, and Mara was introduced at a sooner period of time. So that's my piece on that. I won't mention him anymore. <laughs> I totally right, agree, John. By the way, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I never minded King Grayskull. I, I'm not like a huge advocate either, but with the way that they've they've presented the past year thing, this is much more akin to uh, what they did, like it or not, what they did with the classic Spios storyline where they had uh, the power sword being, you know, picked up by different heroes throughout the ages, like started with King Grayskull and then different people have had control of the power sword and were various incarnations of, you know, the He-Man at that point in Eternity's history. And this was, of course, a way to just justify coming up with all of these figures that were of versions of He-Man that they couldn't otherwise explain. But but I did kind of like that concept. And the Shira one's sort of similar in that there's been a succession of these protectors of Etheria, as we understand it, up until this point. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's more, more fleshed out. They did start it earlier on, like you said, so... Um, I think you're you're right, and if I can circle back for just a quick second, back on what you were talking about about Despondos and Etheria and the timeline, whatever. Just it just occurred to me. I wonder if, uh, if before being, I can't think. I'm trying to think if there's anything that contradicts this in the season so far. I can't think there that there is. I wonder if Etheria may have been part of Eternia before it was banished to Despondos and kind of became its own world. That would explain because either either that or the first ones have to be from Eternia, I think because why why would the password to everything be Eternia? So. Well, I think it's more the... Well, the, Light Hope says that the first ones, as you call... So the first ones are not really called first ones either, right? Well, she they was wouldn't like, have been, right? Back yeah. then, they wouldn't have called themselves, we are the first ones. No, <laughs> like I know, but, but I like how she said that because then it makes us wonder, like, okay, well, who are the first ones? Who are the first ones? Um, but I, she said they were, you know, travelers and explorers. 
Right. So yeah. I'm assuming that they were from Eternia, found right. Etheria. Like maybe like maybe things were happening on Eternia that they 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 wanted to scout out. But tra- hopes travelers and civilizations. And ex- Travelers and Explorers, though, is, in my mind, from a storytelling angle, is pretty ambiguous because that doesn't necessarily mean spacefaring travelers, right? Like, they could be traveling dimensions, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Like, well, in the, you know, uh, original, well, actually, in all the shows that Orca has appeared in, right? Like, he doesn't come from another planet out in space. He comes from another dimension, like another field of existence or whatever that yeah, Trolla is a planet in that in that dimension but it's not it's not like you can hop on a spaceship in Eternia and go to Trolla it doesn't it's not in our dimension or Eternia's dimension or whatever so that is a good um, point yeah, they just so the explorers, explorers could be exploring yeah they said travelers and explorers but they could be traveling slash exploring dimensions not necessarily well, they, space the, the specific wording is who journeyed from beyond the stars so that that was sounds... Raz, right? No, that's what uh, Light Hope said. Mm. Okay. Um, oh no, well, Light Hope said that, or Raz said that. I no, thought Raz Light, said Hope, that. Light Hope says it. Okay, Light Hope says that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, she says the first ones were explorers who journeyed from beyond the stars to settle Etheria. They built this place for you, the Crystal Castle. So it could mean spacefaring, or it could mean interdimensional. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess because you could still interpret beyond the stories as meaning because it's it's still just vague enough. But I <laughs> think I think that actually does make it lean toward more being spacefaring. But yeah, it's... and with all the tech, um, although it's tech and magic, so again, that's not necessarily um, just bent one way or the other. It could be a combination or one or the other. I'm so that's, excited that's... to find out. But yeah, it's fun to speculate <laughs> just from the, the little information we do have, like what this could potentially mean. The magic and tech aspect, too, I think is really um, interesting because it, if you were a fan of the original, we, we are all of us on this podcast looking at the new show through the lens of the originals. Like there's no way to avoid that because we've lived with the originals for 30 whatever years. So mm-hmm. that's going to be some filtering going on. But I will say one thing that I really like about the show that's very different from the original Shira is in the original Shira, the lines were that the horde was with the exception of shadow weaver the horde was pretty much exclusively tech um there was very little magic going on on the horde side mm-hmm. and on the the good guy side and the rebel rebel side uh there is very little if any tech it's very heavy on the magic yeah. and eternia uh, was always a there was always a blend right like everybody kind of had everything everybody had magic everybody had tech the world was this mix and that's closer to what we're getting on Etheria in this right like the crystal castle and the first ones and all this stuff it's not just magic based there's there's this mix of magic and tech mm-hmm. the horde is still heavier I think on the tech in the show as well but I just think I, I like that they're they're pulling a little bit from the the Eternia mythos, which I think lends more credence to the idea that um, there is going to be whether whether how how explicit it's made and what the rules are and what they can and can't say from the different properties. 
I don't know, but I have a feeling that this is all being done with the intention that there are some really strong ties to Eternia, even if we never actually, you know, even if they never come out and actually say it uh, out loud on the show, that, that we're supposed to infer a lot of that, I, I think. And if you're not a fan of the original, then you just don't know and it doesn't matter. So it, it kind of satisfies both sides of the equation, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what do we, how, so M Mara, right, was the previous Shira before Adora. Mm -hmm. um, so A, do we think that she might have a relation to Mara from the new Adventures of He-Man? I hope and not. <laughs> oh Josh and B what I forget what B was now anyway Sorry. discuss amongst yourselves Mara yes, I don't I, I, I would be surprised if, if it, there's a connection to the new adventures just because new adventures has always been this like what like it or not is irrelevant new adventures is kind of its own <laughs> thing right like it's very disconnected and i don't i would be very surprised if i know dreamworks owns the rights right to new adventures but i would be very surprised if in developing the shira show that if anybody dug that deep into a not even really a spin-off show like this separate entity that has no connection to shira whatever and barely a connection to the original he-Man cartoon. I would be really surprised if they dug that deep. I think I think the name choice is purely a coincidence. Well, but what if like the first ones was like or um, had like representations of magic, technology, or whatever, and like one of the first ones was like Master Sebrian. <gasps> I would be pleasantly surprised. Like seriously, <laughs> I feel like this is like such a missed opportunity if they if they didn't have any research or use of new adventures characters yeah. because I feel like you could take certain couple new adventures characters um and kind of you know push them into this uh for lack of a better way to to phrase it cuz now I'm getting all excited. Um <laughs> so like Obviously, when a He-Man fan hears the name Mara, if you are a true He-Man fan, <laughs> then you know that Mara is from the New Adventures of He-Man. So that name is recognizable to us. Now, and, but what I also like about this is that Mara is also more of a generic name, right? So it has us thinking, is it Mara from the New Adventures or is it not? Whereas if they use something like Drissy, we'd be like, oh, it's from the New Adventures, <laughs> yeah. right? So my my primary right? my primary objection to your reasoning here is you know I mean I'm I have I don't have an attachment to the new adventures so I I personally I wouldn't like be terribly upset if they wanted to bring new adventures characters in here but I wouldn't be like yay new adventures characters because I just don't care but <laughs> but here's the thing the the problem I would have where where it would become a problem for me is that we haven't even seen a huge contingency of uh, the Horde characters at this point. And if they're going to start pulling, bringing in other characters like Master Severian or whatever. Josh and his Horde. <laughs> like bring in the rest of the Horde. Like bring in the characters that were actually part of the Shira story. Use those. 
before you start pulling in things from this, you know, third tier spin off. Okay, but but okay, so if 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 at the you know the the I don't know how much of the overarching you know arching story was written like when the show was developed, but what if it was like okay, we're gonna have a whole line of Shiras, right? So and we're gonna focus on this Shira that was a thousand years before Adora because she did something naughty. So, <laughs> what? How can we connect this Shira to the previous Masters of the Universe Princess of Power storylines? Right. Well, let's see. We could have her be the Maylog, or we could have her be Ariel, the anxious apprentice that you know helped Scorpia. <laughs> unleash the evil of the forbidden zone um no we don't want to do that so we're like oh look new adventures of he-man characters like a lot of people don't necessarily care about so we can totally switch them up and we'll take (laughs) we'll take a couple from the new adventures not the scientists and, (laughs) and put them in like like Ooh, ooh, I would just love it if Master, Master Severian was the first one. Like, I think, like, this could be, this could, this is unparalleled excitement <laughs> that I'm setting myself up for massive disappointment. But um, I'm not, I, I agree with idea. you. We, we need the horde. I totally agree with you. But, like, I feel like, you know, I don't want, like, Leech being one of the first ones, right? Just using... No, no, yeah, no. Exam. My, my, my so, point is yeah. just, as, as far as the show goes, like, if you, if they want to do that, fine. But if they did it before we get the rest of, or at least more of, the Horde featured, I would be very disappointed at that point, I think. Because these are, you know, Leech, Mantena, Grizzlor, whatever. Like, all of these kind of classic villains from the original Shira show we we haven't really you know Grizzler got what like th- 30 seconds on screen if that so it's like we haven't gotten um all of these sort of classic characters and then you're going to start pulling in from something like the new adventures I'm not fundamentally opposed to pulling in things from other segments of the franchise whatever those segments are but I I would be opposed to starting to do that uh, for really um, obscure characters when more prominent, more important characters have been completely uh, left out at this point. Like, well, I just think priorities are weird there. If you do I that don't, way. I don't know if I'm following you on that though, because I would want, like I said, I would want the horde to be horde people. So I feel like this is two separate issues, right? Like if Mara is from the new adventures, that really doesn't have, anything to do with stopping the use of leech no, Mantena, no, yeah i'm not saying stopping blah, blah. but i'm saying like if you if they brought in something like Mara or whoever from like new adventures or even like i think your 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 example you're looking for is like if Slushhead shows up why it, it, is Slushhead well, there instead of Mantena? Well, may, may, maybe that would be eh? the same that would fall into the same category my point is don't don't do one without the other though like if they just brought mara in from new adventures but we never see any of the rest of the horde that's when i would be like this is not good but we <laughs> but already again, have not... some horde members established let's remember it's not like they've well, started with completely new characters and martin may be the only big new adventures fan in this podcast but he is not the only new adventures yeah fan. yeah yeah, yeah. 
And I love the fact that they might be throwing some bones to the New Adventures fans because we're not going to get a New Adventures Adventures reboot. <laughs> Let's just be honest. That's well, probably never going to happen. So if they want to throw some of that in now, I'm all for it. Like, please, you know, um, please as many fans as possible while you've got the opportunity. So sure, throw in some names that came from New Adventures. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm just still flesh not out getting... The- Flesh out the 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 part of the mythos that we're in, though, too. Like, don't like that's all I'm saying. Like, that's all I'm saying is like, don't don't bring those in if you have no plans on flushing. You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the classic characters from the horde. Flesh out the horde just in general, right? Right now, we have hardly seen Hordak. We uh, we've gotten Shadow Weaver, Catra, and Scorpia. That's essentially the entirety of the horde at this point like the we've gotten grizzler for a few seconds we got kyle who i don't even know what kyle is supposed to be i really <laughs> wish kyle wasn't there because you you could have easily just swapped him out for like mantana like we had talked about maybe previously. kyle mutates into mantana yeah. okay th- i'm on board with that that would be cool i could do that um and then what was or you no know, he's going to be like uh uh, drag store, right? Like the mm-hmm. the skateboard kid that turns into the <laughs> thing in the mini comic, right? That's gonna be Kyle. No, I don't know. Um, and then uh, uh, who was the other one? I was just thinking of uh, Lonnie. Who did I miss? Well, Lonnie, Lonnie Lonnie was in the original Shira show. She had a, she was um, in the episode Friendship. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyway, we've gotten all of these like really tiny bit characters, and then we've gotten like three that were prominent and. Compare that with a lot of characters that are prominent on the hero side. And I'm not opposed to a lot of characters being prominent on the hero side, but I want the, I want the Horde to feel, uh, I don't know, just more fleshed out. Right now, it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not as strong as it could be. And I want, those characters are great that we have, but I want, I want more Horde. I want more so Horde. if I can, just my... <laughs> My, I'm not comprehending your argument because <laughs> to me, your argument would be if they didn't have, let's say, Hordak and they made Master Sebrian head of the Horde. <laughs> my, my thing, like if Mara is from the New Adventures, the, the fleshing yeah, out of, of I, the I, Sheer I think... lineages and, and the fact that like, say, Master Sebrian or like, I don't know, Flog or something is a first one. Um that to me doesn't do anything of stopping them to flesh out the horde because they're not they're not like taking the new adventures characters into the show to yeah, replace I, I think, the okay. horde. Let, let me let me try to phrase it in a different way because like what Thank you're saying, you. you you are correct, and that's not that's not what I'm trying to. I do get love it here. when people say I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm Thank trying you, to sir. what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that the. Regardless of what you want to pull it, forget forget about new adventures even. Like, right, pulling in some random character from the original He-Man filmation cartoon or whatever, right? What my my point is I don't care if you bring those in. It's totally fine if you do that. I just don't want to see that in lieu of fleshing out characters that are actually part of the She-Ra franchise. Whether whether that's the horde or something else, right? You do you do you get what the, the distinction I'm making here? Because there's only so many time. There's only so much time. There's only so many minutes in an episode. Only so many episodes in each season. They only have so much time. I would much rather than them trying to uh, to to squeeze things in from other uh, properties within the franchise. Rather than do that, 
make sure that what is supposed to be part of the She-Ra franchise and what already is established as part of the She-Ra franchise is there. Or alternatively, you can expand that, right? Like if they don't want Mantena or whatever in the show for whatever reason, but they give us another really cool horde character in his place, fine. But that that's still expanding the, the She-Ra side of the franchise. This is supposed to be the She-Ra show, right? So... And I, I would I love it when they make the properties all inclusive. I've talked about that before from all of all of the different properties, but I also know that this isn't like the original show where we get sixty five episodes a season. Like we're at best probably only gonna get, you know, maybe half as many episodes in this one as we got in the original Shira show. I really want them to focus on this being uh, being Shira and not not necessarily having to pull in from from everywhere if they can do both more power to them that's awesome i i worry because of the unlimited time and episodes that we would get one and not the other does that make more sense than not particularly <laughs> okay well i think i get what you're trying to say Josh. I, yeah i think, I, think I, I i get it i just don't agree with it because i feel like this would be like such a minute <laughs> thing that they have like two or three new adventures characters in there just like how they have done, like Despondos, but... and that was from the Mike Young show. Yeah, it depends yeah. on how it's done. It's a, I mean, like, but yeah, all I, I was just, I just don't want to see it in lieu of. That's it. That is all. That's all I had to say. <laughs> And you know what? If if we thought this sh- this show was gonna run for like ten seasons and we were gonna get like a hundred episodes or or more, and they wanted to bring in everything from everywhere, I'm all on board. Bring in See, all the new adventure characters you want at that over point. Over exaggerating so. what I was saying, though. No, well, no, I am only to prove a point, though. <laughs> like I know, you know I'm though, exaggerating. Like, I'm like, okay, if it's Mara, is Mara from the New Adventures? And they mention Primus or something like that, and. Master Sebrian. If it's a one-off and, throwaway yeah. line, then That's whatever. What I don't care. That's all I feel it'll be. I don't think it would be like fleshing out like uh, this ma- backstory of Mara where she came from Primus and her mentor yeah, see, I, was I, Master I, I, What I'm that. imagining yeah. is like a full episode where we're going to devote to this former She-Ra and we're going to tie in all this new adventure stuff and it's just like, I would rather you introduce more of the characters we already know. Oh, like that well, now, okay, no, I disagree because if it was, <laughs> it was just one episode, <laughs> like one Well, then episode, you're not talking about just a throwaway line. But one episode, like out of 52, where we get the backstory of Mara and like, let what if, what if it was kind of a combination? It might be some new adventures people and the Horde. That's fine. I'm. I'm. I, as long as they're both in there, I don't care. Right. You know, like, I'm just saying. I think one. Ep- I think I'm now. If the entire like final season was like new adventures heavy, I would understand your plight. <laughs> but I really feel it would just be like an ep- like the episode where we learn the origin of Mara, Mara or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just feel like there's so much already to pull from just from Shira. That I just I I'm wary of them pulling from other stuff right now, other parts of the franchise. If 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 they go too deep, if they go too long, just because we will be losing parts of the existing Shira franchise in this series, we'll be losing seeing those in this series um, as a result of that. Just like in the Mike Young show, right? Like we got 39 episodes as opposed to 130 of the classic He-Man, and there are 
countless characters from the original show that we never saw because there just wasn't time to do it. Now, we got a handful of other ones, right, like that we didn't see in the original, like King Hiss and whatever. We got a handful, for better or worse, um, in the Mike Young. But for the most part, we, we lost more than we gained because there just wasn't enough time. And that that's a – I love Mike Young. But that's a strike against it in the fact that, well, it didn't run as long and, you know, it ended kind of abruptly and we missed out on a lot of things that we could have seen. I would have much rather, okay, here's a perfect example for Mike Young. I would have been 1,000% happier with Mike Young if season two had focused on the Horde instead of the Snake Men. Because the Snake Men are this, you know, comparatively speaking, an obscure secondary group in Masters. The Horde was much better known. It was featured on She-Ra, blah, blah, blah. The Horde was, would have been something. But we ran out of time. So we basically never really saw the Horde except for a few little clips in Season 2. And... I am wary of them eventually doing the same thing with this, right? Like, if it's just a throwaway line, nobody nobody cares. I don't care. If they start digging in deep and into something else, like New Adventures or even, like, classic Filmation He-Man, doesn't matter, whichever one, and we lose out on key portions of She-Ra because there's just not enough time, then, then I take issue with that. I'd rather them focus, spend the time they have as much as possible on, at the very least the the key characters the key uh aspects of shira don't don't you know and of which i consider the horde a key aspect of, that's been very very underserved so far in the show is the show's great and i i love it and i love shadow weaver and everything but the horde has been seriously um underrepresented in the show so far i think well i think that was probably on purpose not saying that it was the right thing to do right right right, but, right. Um, no, I, 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 you know to set up that whole akatra adora relationship i think though at least in the season two trailer um of course they could all be clips from the same episode right we don't know um but there was a lot of hordak actually in the trailer um which surprised me so maybe we'll be seeing more of hordak at least at the very least uh in these next seven episodes and that would be great like yeah. i'm i'm all on on board for that sort of thing i i'm just like i said just wary of like a replay of what happened with season two of mike young right like mm -hmm. that was i i like mike young i enjoyed season two season two i would have enjoyed a lot more if the series had continued and we had eventually gotten the horde and some of the other characters that we never saw and blah 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 because but the show ended so I'm wary of a similar situation happening here. It's like, oh, well, we spent this time, you know, we spent an entire episode, like, out of seven, say, in season two, devoted to Mara and all these tie-ins to New Adventures for that character, let's just hypothetically speaking, and we never see, you know, the rest of the Horde. And, you know, the show's over eventually or whatever. You know, we've lost that time and we we didn't focus on something that, that mattered more. So that's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not opposed to the the concept of bringing it in. I just think there needs to be priorities set. I think I have my argument against this in my head now. Um, <laughs> we already have those things, though. And if they're not included in the new show, that doesn't mean they're not important. It doesn't mean 
that we cannot still enjoy them from the old series. I don't feel like they have to include everything from the old series for them to still be relevant and interesting um, and for them to live on because the old series is still going to live on. And if people are as interested in this show as they seem to be, I think a lot of them will go back and watch the original show. So they're going to get exposed to those characters and those storylines. And they don't necessarily have to show up in this new show for them to be remembered and for those storylines to be relevant um, and to carry forth. <laughs> um, okay. I guess is what I'm trying I, to say. Can I counter just a little? Uh, th that's why, like a minute ago, I was trying to say, like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be characters that we knew, right? The Horde itself has been underrepresented in this show. Like, if they wanted to make a cool new character, like I said, that's not Mentana, but it's like some somebody else that's never we've never seen before, and make them this prominent person in the Horde. That's fine. Like, but the the Horde itself, forget the even the individual characters. The Horde itself is a key component of the Shira franchise of the Shira mythology, including in this show. And it's it, as a key component, I, I personally am just of the opinion it's been underserved, whether that is bringing in characters from the original, which is what I would personally prefer, or creating, you know, more new characters to fill in uh, the ranks of the Horde. Either way, whichever way you want to do it, I don't care. But I feel like that to me is spend the time doing filling in what we have uh as a key component of the franchise, whether it was the original or this one, the Horde is a key component. And I feel like so far, as great as the show is, I love the show. That's one of, you know, one thing that I think could be improved is, is fleshing out the, the Horde side of things. And maybe they will, maybe that's planned. That's great. If well, they I do. think they're going to have to at least make them stronger because they just got their asses handed to them at the <laughs> end of this season. So they've got to True. step it up if they're going to actually take down She-Ra well, and the That's princesses. why I, w I was hoping, remember, I think I said in the last episode that, or one of the last ones that we did, that I, I really hope that maybe the, the beginning of season two is, uh, you know what, we just had our asses handed to us. Like, like you said, let's uh, let's call in for reinforcements from Horde Prime or wherever. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's when we see, you know, Mantena and Leech. And, you know, if they wanted to, they could even bring in like Huntara that way or whatever, like bring in these these other. That's I mean, that to me, that would be the ideal way of doing it. Right. And then we were like, OK, we spent season one really getting to know the rebellion and the Princess Alliance and all that stuff with the good guys. And now, maybe in season two, it's like, okay, now we get to flesh out the bad guys because they've realized, oh, this is more than we can handle with what we have right now. Like, I, I hope that's what they do. That would be great. And then they do that and then do whatever you want with new adventure stuff, too. I don't care. Like, that's totally <laughs> fine. But the Horde right now is not, it's not good enough. It's not, it's not, a, they're not a strong enough threat or strong enough villain yet in this show. And I, I want them to get there. That's like, number one priority for me in in upcoming episodes is flesh out the horde we need more than three characters and we need them to feel like more of a threat well, well remind me was entrapped a good guy or a bad guy in the old series bad guy bad okay guy. yeah so and she, now she's horde yeah yeah she is effectively a horde member now um, and I, I don't think... know where she is right now, right? Like, I feel no, like I it's just clear. like, she's I'm she's wherever there's put. interesting work to do. 
Yeah, I think she would stay put as to where her best advantage is in in doing her research. And at that time, it's this is it is the horde. And what what is manipulating her too, saying like, "Oh, your friends didn't care about you; they left you, and they didn't come back." She's doing exactly what Shadow Weaver would do to Catra and Adora, basically. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Entrapta in the long run of this series will become Double Trouble. They will just be the same character and she'll just keep flipping sides and you'll never quite know who she's working for. Mm. Could be. Could be. I will say to Josh, Josh, there were, I don't remember if we discussed this and we can't say it on the podcast, um, but I don't have to edit this out because I'm not going to say what it was, but there were Hordak spoilers that were accidentally posted by a magazine article on the show that was subsequently removed. Um, but of course, I, I yes, I remember this. Yes, I already read what was there. <laughs> um, so I do feel that Hordak is going to get fleshed out. Whether it will be to the extent that we both would want, I'm all on board with more Horde. I don't want anyone to think that I'm not on board with that. I just don't think that inclusion of a few new adventures things, you know, would detract from that. Um, was kind of my point. Yeah, no, no, it wouldn't detract from it. I just, my concern is just time. They only have so much time. And like like with the original series, or uh, the uh, Mike Young series, I I worry about them getting sidetracked on something that matters less in the grand scheme of things than a core component like the Horde. Well, what's nice too about this show is it's 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 not really governed the same way, right, that the Mike Mike Young show was, because we were always told kind of under the table that the reason season two had the snake men was because the highest rated episode of season one was the, what was it? Snake pit that had King hiss and the snake men in it. So I guess part of the deal going forward or something was like, we want more snake men. That's what the kitties seem to like or whatever. (laughs) Um, I didn't really care because we never really got to see, you know, King hiss and some of these snake characters animated. Whereas we did see all of the horde Plus, I knew the Horde would not probably come packaged with Shira, so I was like, eh. But you know me. I also peed my pants every time Hordak was on the screen, so I'm a walking <laughs> <Yeah>. contradiction. <laughs> um, but anyway, maybe let's get back to... Um, I think we beat that dead horse. <laughs> and we know Josh already beat Swiftwind up. Jeez. Thank God. <laughs> He's a talking I, horse. He has rights. I love I love Switchwood in the original. I wish I loved him in this one. I really do. It's like it's not that he's not funny. It's just it's maybe so you'll wrong. like him after he starts to sing. No, I really <laughs> doubt it. I think that's going to be even worse. It's just like, Spoiler this alert! Is so undignified for such a noble creature, as they might say in Care of Magical Creatures class. <laughs> Ian Seahawk can go off singing ditties. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> Well, oh, is there so any long. we're we're going to be running a little long. So is there any anything else about the episode Light Hope that we would like to yes. comment on? Go yes. for it. I have quotes. Okay, Th- these are just <laughs> interesting things. We don't necessarily have to talk about them because we don't have any more information than we were given in this episode, but I think they're important things to say. When has and that of- ever stopped us? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I said when has that ever stopped us? That, there's that too. Um but some of this also was said so quickly, like, of course, one of the lines by Entrapped, I had to rewind like 50 times to, to get it down. Um, but I think they may be important later on. So I figure let's just run through them real quick. So they're in our heads and then we can go with it. So Entrapta 
talking about the piece of tech that she plugs in. It says, look at these readings. It's incredible. This seems to confirm my theories about the techno-organic nature of First One's machinery resulting in... And I've got this in parentheses and a question mark because I could not understand the word she said. <laughs> it sounded like famatological. I'll have to go back and look at the captions. Um, resulting in something compatibility between magic and science. So that was cool. Um, Very Eternia sounding as well. Yeah. Like the, the whole techno-organic uh, thing, like the... Like the, uh, what do they call those? The bionotops and the, you know, those things that were like, uh, whatever. It's interesting. Yeah. I think this was also an entrapped line. It says, Entheria is not just a planet. Whatever the first ones did to it, it went deep. Um, then let's see. We're back to Light Hope. We've already talked about this one, I think. Um, you are Shira, Etheria's champion, appointed by the first ones to protect and unite our planet. There have been many before you, but the line was broken. You are the first She-Ra in a thousand years. Um, the first ones didn't just settle on the surface of Etheria. Their technology runs throughout the planet's core. This whole planet, it's all first ones tech. So that was back to Entrapta, I'm sure. Um, everything on Etheria is connected. The princesses are granted power over the elements to their runestones. As She-Ra, it is your duty to bring the princesses together. Only then can balance be restored to Etheria. Was from Light Hope. Um, oh yeah, and there's the scene where they show like 13 princesses, like holograms that are not detailed. They're just like these glowing um, outlines, I guess you could say, of people. And some of them are recognizable, like Glimmer and Scorpia are easy to pick out. I think Perfuma and Mermista I was able to pick out as well. Maybe Natasha and Spinnerella. I was a little like, maybe that's them. Um, but there were several others that I still have no idea who they are. So do you guys want to uh, speculate on any of those? Well, yeah, probably like um, Sweepy, Peekaboo, since they were mentioned in Princess Prom. Mm -hmm. uh, Star Sisters, possibly. Um, Bo, possibly, because they seem to be teetering on the Bo is a princess. Like, yeah. Because in the next episode, um, you know, the elemental princesses are all glowing with when they touch She-Ra's sword. Mm -hmm. And, like, Bo's heart is glowing. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. Interesting. Oh, and possibly Frosta. It oh, Frosta, so yeah. It looks so small. I thought it was, like, a Luki type, but I think it was just Frosta. <laughs> <laughs> Question. How many individual characters were released as figures in the original She-Ra toy line. Was there 13? Well, let's see. There was... You mean not counting, like, Catra or... Right, yeah. Discounting... Scorpia is a princess, but she never got a figure. Yeah, but well, was, yeah, uh... and you'd have to discount Catra anyway, so... Okay, so, well, double trouble, but we won't count her. So there are Frosta, Perfuma, Pika Blue, um, Flutterina, um... Natasha, Spinnerella. Um, Did you already say Castaspella? Oh, Castaspella. Uh, Entrapta. Angela, Glimmer, Entrapta. Of course, Shira, Catra. We had to, uh, Double Trouble. Um, I think You're right all. around 13. <laughs> I, don't, I, yeah. I lost track exactly, but it's very close. So. Mm -hmm. 
It's interesting. Very interesting. Look, he did get a figure, Cal. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking more of the princesses <laughs> specifically, but yeah, yeah. Um, can I also just say this is not speculation. There's nothing really to discuss, but uh, I loved it when Entrapped is like, "I have been waiting for years for someone to ask me about my theories." Yes, <laughs> it's so great. It's so that was good. Adorable. <laughs> I loved it. It's so I good. love it when she squeezed. Oh, oh. Um, speaking of Entrapta, she there's a, a line about the runestones. Uh, runestones from the data I've managed to extract they regulate the planet through the princesses they're directly connected to each other and to the planet's power grid in a delicate balance which means they are our our best access point to hack the planet mm -hmm. so I was like nice hackers reference there <laughs> well and I like too that they explain so like that some of the princesses like you said are these elemental princesses that have runestones Whereas someone like Entrapta is a princess, but she does not have a runestone. Right. So, again, some of these other ones that we mentioned, they might not actually be ones that have runestones. Maybe we met all the runestone ones already. Like, we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And then what I also like is I want more information on Scorpia and her people because Scorpia said, you know, her kingdom had the Black Garnet the horde crash landed, you know, in their kingdom, and then they aligned with that. So was the kingdom always called the Fright Zone? Was it renamed the Fright Zone? You know, mm. blah, blah, blah. I would mm -hmm. like some, I think we will get hopefully a, a backstory episode on Scorpia, which should be fairly interesting. Okay, I, yeah. I have a question. I have a question because I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out what we, what we know and what we don't with the rune stones. So let me tell you what I've, what we what we either know and or surmise here, um, element elemental magic, generally speaking, not necessarily in she typical typically uh, revolves around the four traditional elements, right? So earth, air, water, and fire. So we have we know that there's going to be the graphic novel with the fire princess thing, which we don't know who that is and anything about that at this point. So I would set fire aside. Water would be Remista. Air might be um, like Sweet Bee, maybe I guess that's hard to tell. Uh, or Pika Blue. Uh, Earth is obviously Perfuma. So we've mm -hmm. got we've got those four covered. And then we also have, if we want to expand some of some of what elemental might mean, we've got glimmer and sh the, uh, the what do they call it? Moonstone, right? That's yeah, the moonstone. Yeah. So hers is the like light, and we've got the black garnet, which is like dark and shadows, and that's what Shadow Weaver was using. So mm -hmm. that's six. Do we know for sure of any others? If if assuming that I am counting those out in some Frosta. sort of reasonable way, so Frosta would be what cold. Or yeah, or the like um, the weather kind of. Uh, or maybe weather. Okay. Yeah, because cold, she could make it snow, that type of thing. Perhaps. Can she, like, but she can only make it cold though, right? Like it's not like yeah. she wanted to make it a sunny day and stuff. She wouldn't be able to do True, that. True, but so. the fire princess could also be the opposite of that one. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, do these all have like opposite or yeah. you know rough opposites? Right. Like, so fire and and ice, and then 
what else? So we're up to seven. I'm sorry. To, I was just trying to think how many we can actually account for at this point and how many there might be. I guess, uh, no, Entrapta didn't have a stone, right? No, correct. Um, and, and neither does, apparently neither does Natasa or Spinarella, but Spinarella controls the wind. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she might be air, but she doesn't have a stone. So, no. Hmm. At least that we know of. They didn't mention her having a stone. Yeah. Did, but did they mention her not having a stone? So maybe if they, I don't think they did. So maybe we no. just don't know. So she could be air, and that would actually make more sense than the sweet bee or peekaboo. I was just trying to think of anything that connected to that. So, and we've seen her already. So she might be the air. I just think it's interesting to try to work out where these stones fit into the wider world of Etheria at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they ever make figures, I want runestone figures too. That like oh, come absolutely. with the princesses. That would be super cool. And is the stone in Shira's sword one of the runestones? Yes. It is, right? So, I believe yeah. so, yeah. Have they said that explicitly or is it just like inferred? Um I don't remember them saying I that. I thought they said it. I'd have to look at my notes. Maybe they did, but I don't. I don't remember them saying it, but they may have. So, yeah, I don't specifically. And then, what is that like? Okay, if the stones are all connected to different things, as has been implied by like Entrapta, then what is Shira's stone? What is that the? What does that represent? Does it represent anything? (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe just power. Yeah, maybe just power. But it is or or protection, I guess. Right, like the the thing that it's going to protect everyone else but the fact that they're all directly connected to each other through the planet or is really cool it's power grid um magical internet what did you say i just said magical internet (laughs) yes (laughs) and very colorful internet as well i'm good with that Uh, (laughs) but yes talking about them having well that they all work together for it to make this delicate balance yet oh. at the uh, i guess it's the end of the next episode the black garnet i mean it's not destroyed or anything but it's definitely like powered down um because that's the power they're using against shira and all the princesses and then when they're defeated it like kind of goes dark so i'm curious does it have to like do they all have to be on so to speak for the planet to be in balance or can some be off or low power and it's still okay like do we need the dark to also have the light is it a yin yang kind of thing i don't know yet that would be my assumption just based on what they've said so far right like it has to be some sort of balance they've talked about that like my assumption would be that you know things these things have to be in harmony right yeah and 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 that was disrupted right when scorpio's family gave their theirs to the horde so mm, true and uh sorry for the clicking i was pulling up my notes from season Whoa, one and i what? just go well, well the sword of protection was said to be a portable runestone keyed exclusively to its administrator shira oh. interesting what if uh what if give um never mind doesn't work doesn't work doesn't work never mind okay i had a theory but it doesn't work We'll let you ruminate on that one. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> the one now? Uh, maybe once you ruminate over your theory in your head, you'll be able to make it work. 
Like, I, I don't think so. No, because I was trying to think, well, I mean, there may be some long-winded way to make it work, I guess. But you know, I was just wondering if part of, because we don't know exactly the timeline on when, what happened or how long anybody's been, or, or, like, how long have the Horde been there? How long ago was it since the first ones? Like, we don't really know the the timeline at this point. Um, Shadow mm. was talking about that earlier. That It's very fuzzy right now. So I was wondering if giving... Scorpius family's stone to the horde was maybe what the uh the Shira that betrayed everybody or whatever that screwed up the one that snapped I think as Adora put it uh maybe that's what she did it, you know maybe even with good intentions but it backfired it was giving the the stone or facilitating giving the stone from the Scorpius family to the horde hmm. something along those lines well, I do have the quote about Mara. It doesn't say anything about runestones, but this is just all we have so far, so we can take this and apply it to future episodes. Um, Lighthope, says, Lighthope says, There was one before you who could not let go. Her name was Mara. Mara was the last Shira before you. She struggled with a power she could not control until it became too much for her mind. She was compromised. She gave in to fear and faulty reasoning. Her desperate actions led to devastation. Mara stranded us in the empty dimension of Despondos. She broke the Shira line. She nearly destroyed us. Adora, I have waited here for a thousand years alone. I did not know if I would ever see another Shira. And she's like, you must stay here and train, which she doesn't do. But that's all we know. I so uh, want to see the backstory on all that. I know, because there's not much imagery shown of Mara at all. It's yeah. just her kind of glowing, kneeling down with the sword. Yeah, I will say though, like, because visually she looks very similar, but there mm. are subtle differences, like in her costume. Like mm. she's, it looks like she's wearing pants. Um, her shoulder pads, like metal things are like bigger, like more pronounced. Like, it's just really interesting to me. Like subtle differences. It makes me wonder what the other she looked like. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention to those differences. I need to go back and do that. Hmm. And I loved how Swiftwind can sense Adora with his horn. Yes, I liked that too. That was amazing. He's like connected to her. He can, you know. Yeah. And freedom, Should... equality, and hey for all. <laughs> <laughs> Should we um, briefly here jump to the Battle of Bright Moon, which is the season one closer? Sure. Um, I have very little to say about this. I was going to say, we, there's probably not much to say about this one anyway. It's kind of yeah. just like the climax that we assumed was going to happen um, for, for the season. Um, I think the big takeaway from this one is a few things for me. Um, they need to explain why She-Ra automatically gets battle armor. Um, I would like to know why that <laughs> happens. I would also like to know why that extends to Bow and Glimmer. Um, so that needs to be explained. I well, don't like just, when things like that happen. They were like just in the armory. Yeah. So I almost feel like it was something there. Although, how could it be? Yeah, because I mean, uh, she was transformation sequence. She gets it in the transformation sequence. So uh, I mean, I guess we, I agree with you there. Maybe Bow and Glimmer got theirs from the armory. But then again, it's like tailor made for their costumes. Yeah. So I have a feeling that it's some type of untapped resource in either She-Ra's runestone that she's projecting out onto others because when she does that big rainbow that like kicks the horde out 
That's when all the princesses and Bo are, you know, touching the sword. And then, like, the big rainbow comes and they all start glowing different colors. So there's obviously more power to She-Ra than She-Ra knows at this point, which is why she needs training from Light Hope, which we learn is going to happen a bit more in season two. Um, uh, but the for me, the big takeaway in this is that at the end, officially, Hordak says that Katra is now second in command. Um, so that one makes us wonder what will actually happen to Shadow Weaver or is Shadow Weaver just done? Mm-hmm. One thing that I found very interesting was that um, in the previous episode, it's Catra who ends up defeating Shadow Weaver with no involvement from She-Ra herself. And I thought mm-hmm. that was an interesting development for ostensibly the main villain of this season, which I'd say Shadow Weaver kind of was. She was like the focal point of... She was the most evil villain. Um and she ended up being defeated by Katra rather than any of the heroic characters, which I thought was an unexpected development. And Hordak, uh, by contrast, seems like a much more pragmatic, sort of reasonable character. Like he hasn't really done anything particularly evil yet. Um, and his management style is like, if, if you present him with a good idea, he'll be like, okay <laughs> like he, he seems much more like he's much more willing to listen to you if you have a plan than if you like rant at him and are just sort of out for your own interests um like he obviously prefers Catra to shadow weaver because she's actually showing some initiative um and doing things that shadow weaver hadn't done and not sort of hogging power unto herself um so I, I like that aspect of Hordex's character in here. And he, when he promotes her at the end, like there's a little moment where Catra sort of flinches because she's like, she stands up to him and then he's just like, yeah, okay then. <laughs> like, like he just sort of lets her off and he's just like, yeah, actually you make a good point. You're promoted. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good, good points all around. I totally didn't, it didn't even dawn on me, right? That the, Catra defeats Shadow Weaver. It's not even one of the good guys. Um, In fighting amongst the villains. Yeah. And um, it's we're kind of, I guess, shown that it was all... Well, you know, we kind of knew this anyway, right? That the, the little, little tiny stone in Shadow Weaver's mask was somehow how she was connecting herself to the rune stone. So mm. when that was destroyed, but... My question is, I still feel Shadow Weaver will rise again because she still had powers as a sorceress when she was Light Spinner. So she's obviously uh, educated in the magical arts. So she might be able to retap into that. Um, Maybe she'll or become be- a good person she'll again. She'll become a good guy. But um, I also like the second point, whereas I, I thought he was going to like, you know, basically kind of just slap Catra down at the end of the episode when he's like, you failed. (laughs) Um, But then she does point out very rationally that, well, well, I mean, first Entrapta was like, uh, no. I'm uh, a contrary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, they actually made an argument to Hordak as to why, no, they're making a lot of progress, certainly more than Shadow Weaver ever did with her Abdora uh, obsession. And Hordak's like, yeah. Okay, proceed. Yeah. <laughs> which is which right? is actually great if this yeah. goes the you know the way that it 
it should the way that it's supposed to right that that adora is the protector slash savior of the planet in the end it's like oh yeah shadow weaver was right all along and and uh, adora was the downfall of the horde in the end you know it's like <laughs> It's like it's kind of will be a sweet poet, yeah, sweetly poetic if mm-hmm. Hordak does that. It's like, oh yeah, I should have listened to the first, yeah. first. Well, uh, yeah, because Hordak doesn't seem to be concerned about Adora or Shira. I don't. He doesn't seem to see Shira as the threat. Yeah, that yeah, she exactly. is to to the Horde. If she he doesn't yet know that she's basically the the formed you know Ethereum protector. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of it play out. Mm-hmm. I know they said in the uh, the WonderCon uh, panel that we would explore more of Hordak as a person in the second season. Um, oh, good. And certainly from the season two trailer, I thought it seems to be him working more with Katra. So I, I look forward to their dynamic in the second season. And just seeing more of him, period. He yeah. just wasn't around much in season yeah. one, so that's going to be awesome. One of the things they said on the panel was that Hordak would get a friend in season two. Um, that that was one of the hints. Him. Yeah. And they didn't explain <laughs> okay. it any further than that. So there you go. Well, there you go, Josh. That's <laughs> obviously going to be another Horde member of some sort. <laughs> or they're just going to make Imp more prominent. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Imp is so creepy cute. <laughs> he was fe- very creepy in this episode with his weird you know, it's really... sound playback ability. <laughs> yes. I, I got to tell you guys, it's really funny. Um, Imp is not named in this show as yet. And so in the audio description, because they don't have a name for him, they don't, they're not going to use a name from the original show, right? Like so there's just no name for him. So they just, every time he shows up, which is only like, a handful of times or whatever it's just hordax critter (laughs) every time they say that it makes me laugh it probably isn't supposed to but it just sounds ridiculous hordax critter i mean it's it's fitting he's kind of this bat-like thing with a, a long tail but he's still blue and little but he he just looks like a baby yeah but with with non humanoid um appendages whatever and yeah he he can play back what other people say but then he also made like a little squeak noise at one point so i guess he can make his own sound but i'm not sure he can actually speak. he sounds kind of like a chipmunk or something like a or yeah it's like some kind of animal like that i don't know mm-hmm. it's a weird noise that he makes maybe we'll get the backstory of him i don't know <laughs> i don't really care that much but it would be funny and is this the first time that Shira's sword turned into a shield, or has that already happened? Uh, it happened in earlier, yeah, because she uses the shield in um in the, the one Mystic where they got to cast episode. the spell. Yeah, was, the Mystic yeah. episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. And but, it was um, gold then as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. I like it gold, um, because it kind of it's like it looks like the filmation sword, but it's gold like the toy. Mm-hmm. Or shield, you mean? Yeah, the shield. Not the sword. The sword is gold and silver. The, um, yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think about the other oh. things. Well, there, at the beginning of this episode, one more thing about the runestones. Um, apparently making the black garnet more powerful 
siphoned power from the other rune stones, and that's why the planet was imbalanced. And it was snowing and everything was going crazy. The elements so th- were out of harmony. That's why I'm hoping they figure out the princesses, right, need to figure out how to stop that from occurring. Like, they need to be able to cut the power source, if you will, so that the black garnet can't mm-hmm. take away. But I wonder if by doing that, then they maybe disrupt something else. But, like, because what would prevent uh, Entrapta from doing the a similar event again? Yeah. It didn't show, like, that power chip or whatever she has being destroyed or anything. Um yeah, I feel like one of their next missions has to be, let's go steal the Black Garnet and get it away from the Horde. Yeah. I don't know. And Glimmer gets her father's staff. That made me really happy. Yeah, that was cool. Also... It'll be really... F- oh, go ahead. Um, I like how chill Queen Angela has become. Mm-hmm. Like, she's actually shown a lot of character development because... You know, at the end, she she realizes, you know, she's been too hard on Glimmer. She's trying, tried too much uh, to make Glimmer into something she isn't. Um, and she's, you know, like, I thought it was funny when, uh, you know, the Glimmer takes him to the armory and Queen Angela's like, yeah, I knew about this. Yeah. Like, you know, like, she's, she's just totally chill about it and, like, you know, letting Glimmer go off to fight. And, you know, look for Adora and, you know, I thought that was cool. I love Angela in the series way more than the original. Angela is such a better character in this show. Agreed. She's awesome. And I love when Seahawk and Mermista show up (laughs) and he's all adventure with like a thing flaming in his hand already. (laughs) And she's just like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but then he gets to do it later so it's, it's all good he can still blow up a ship anyway it really shows too i know the some initial complaints about the series were that the voices weren't stylized like you know catra not talking necessarily like a cat mm-hmm. like those type of things um but i really it we've grown to know the personalities of these characters and they're so unique to themselves that I don't think it's really necessary now that um, those type of things happen because I can clear, like, I love, you know, that dry, sarcastic wit of Mermista. You know, yeah. I don't need her to kind of sound like she's semi underwater or pretty, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, the, only that one that's, the only one that bothers me is Shadow Weaver. That is the only one that feels wrong. The rest of them I'm fine with. Shadow Weaver's voice. Little... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, I think I was going to agree with you, so you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if we were going to agree. I was just going to say it doesn't bother me as much now that I've heard it more. Is that what you were Yeah, I was going to say it's really grown on me on re-watching. Yeah. I think now that I'm more used to it, I I really like a lot of her delivery Mm -hmm. of the lines. The acting is fine. I think she's a little over the top, don't you think? Just a little... She's better when the character is supposed to be, though. Yeah. The character—that's the—that's the character. I think. I think she works best when she's like angry and freaking out, <laughs> yes. rather than because like when she gets angry, she can be quite scary. But when she's trying to be more sinister and sort of manipulative, it's 
yeah, it's it's kind of a bit too much. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the, I feel like the farther she goes with it, the better it sounds. When she tries to tone it down, it it's not as impressive. If that makes sense. Yeah. I yeah, I think do. part of it for me too is that my like right now. The, my only window into Shadow Weaver is the voice, right? For all these characters, except for the two figures that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's my, that's the entire, you know, representation as far as, uh, you know, uh, the physical makeup of the character, I guess. Right? There's no des- design in air quotes for me beyond the voice. And Shadow Weavers just does not work for me. Like the rest of them, I'm totally on board with. That's just that one because Shadow Weaver was, you know, I don't know even what she, really what she looks like in this show, but she was always supposed to be this sort of, you know, ethereal, uh, uh, ghostly apparition almost type thing that in this robe and hat and whatever. And, you know, there was something much more spirit than physical to some degree about shadow weaver more shadowy <laughs> i guess <laughs> and the, you lose that entirely in the voice for the character for this one because the rest of them doesn't matter right like mermista whether she sounds like she's underwater or not is irrelevant right like the character is just the yeah. character and that's fine um it's the rest of them it doesn't really matter it's only it only becomes and actually in the original super show Catra and Mermista were like the only ones whose voices were particularly stylized. Like the rest of them just sounded like humans because essentially they were. So yeah, but they have weird accents. Like so, yeah, some of them. I mean, they had distinctive voices, but these have different. They have, these have distinctive voices, but in different ways, right? Like yeah, and that's fine. Like that's totally, totally fine. Like Mermista or not Mermista, uh, Castispella had a really weird voice in the filmation cartoon. That really like raspy. I don't even know what that was. She sounded, she sounded like an old lady. Yeah, something. <laughs> she sounded weird. And it doesn't, like, I don't mind that that's gone, although I don't really like the new cast of Spilla much, but that's not really her voice, per se. But, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like the Shadow Weaver should have been the exception to the non-stylized rule, I think. But that's just me. Because I don't have anything else to play off of except for the voice. So you're getting it with the visual. It's probably not as jarring. Yeah, Again, we need figures. We need figures. Mm-hmm. We need those episodes. Please do. So that was our whole big discussion on season one. We went through every single episode. Um, and season two premieres on Netflix April 26th. Make sure you stream those. Get the streaming numbers up multiple times. I know I will. Oh, yeah. Uh, also want to throw in as a reminder, PowerCon this year uh, is in August. Go to thepowercon.com for all the details, and it is in Anaheim. So as we mentioned before, get that Disneyland vacation in with your trip, and I'll be there. It will, Katie, will you be there? I will be. Ah, so see, at least two of us will be there. The other slackers aren't coming. <laughs> <laughs> I will come if you pay. Yes. If I pay for Martin's expensive plane ticket from the UK, he'll be there too. We can only Go hope. fund me. <laughs> Let's raise it. <laughs> Kickstart my trip. Send <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as always, uh, thanks for listening. We've been on since 2005. That's a long time. Indeed. Long time. Yeah. I love that this property still has stuff going on for us to talk about, like new stuff. It's so cool. Absolutely. Like we said before, think about it. Some of us have been online talking about this since like 1995. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's like a long time. Oy. Y'all are some of like my oldest friends. And I don't mean old like you're old, but like that I've that have been in my life consistently for such a long time. And I love that. See, he man and she remain friendship. Yes. And just in case we don't record again before the 30th, that's when the first book is coming out. And we just realized before this episode that it's also going to be available on Audible. Woo-hoo! And it's called uh, Shira Origin of a Hero, correct? Yes. Yes. Really so. looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll definitely be listening to that the day it comes out. Same. Well, thanks for downloading. And remember, if you want to go listen to other episodes of Masters Cast, we're on iTunes and we are also at masterscast.com. Find us. Although you must have, because you're listening to this episode. I'm John <laughs> Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratus Mecca. And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Lancourt. Good, Good journey. That's the best one we've done for ages. <laughs> yeah, that one was kind it of really in is. sync, right? It was like, yeah, we're feeling it. We're grooving it. <laughs> All right.